Second Down with Christian Gokel. Sponsored by The Uniform Source, coastal leader for all your uniform needs. On ESPN Radio. Big weekend coming up across the college football landscape. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Friday afternoon. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urshry have so much to dive into here again. Huge weekend coming up. I think the marquee matchup, Arkansas-Texas A&M. I know a lot of people are going to be watching that Wisconsin-Notre Dame game coming up. Georgia taking on Vandy tomorrow at noon. I don't know if you'll call that a marquee matchup, but... It's a matchup. I, I, I do think it's interesting. I want to dive into it because you have uh, Alabama and Georgia playing some pretty rough teams this week. But then next week, they have some real games yeah. coming up. So what are we looking to see out of those two teams coming up this weekend? I want to dive into all of that. Falcons trying to get into the win column coming up this week. Mm. So much to dive into. But I want to start here because uh, when I get up, when I get on a soapbox, I'll stay on that soapbox. And you guys have heard me complaining about this all day. Maybe not Cam so much, but PJ, I'm sure, has heard me a little bit. And I know Ben was getting sick of it. <laughs> I don't know if he's getting sick of it. It's just, you know, I was talking about it a lot. Yeah. Do you guys see what happened last night in the Carolina Texans game? I've seen mention of it, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen a little bit of it. Well, number one, the most Thursday night football score of all time, 20 to 9. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which, I mean, we can just go ahead and abolish Thursday night football, in my opinion. It's, it's not thoroughly exciting, action packed football. 20 to 9? No, the, the whole reasoning behind it, right, is like you just want football every day, right? You just want, of course. We, we want football every single day. What if it's crappy football that you don't want to watch? Well, yeah, then you basically don't have football. Correct. Let's be honest. You know. Yeah, yeah, so I think they're putting the wrong teams on Thursday night. But you're not going to put, you're not going to put Ravens Chiefs on Thursday night. That's that's true. I'm. I, well, yeah, they should abolish Thursday night. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Is it's one of two things. You put the good teams on Thursday night. So more people watch, and it's a lesser product, but you have the good teams on, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Or you do what they do now where you put the bad teams on Thursday night, which I'll say bad. Carolina's 3-0. and You put the bad teams on Thursday night, and it's crappy football, Yeah, which is what we saw last night. But, again, Carolina wins the game. They improved to 3-0, 24-9. I think I said 29. 24-9 uh, is the score there. But Sam Darnold looks good, but you have two players, two stars uh, J.C. Horn and Christian McCaffrey both go down in this game on non-contact injuries. Mm-hmm. And so here's the soapbox that I'm on, and it really started what back in July when Ronald Acuna got hurt. Yeah. If you're a professional sports franchise, it should be against the law for you to have artificial turf. I'm with you. If you can spend a mm-hmm. billion dollars, sometimes double that, to buy your sports franchise, yeah. you should be able to afford natural grass. So catch me up. What's uh, bad about artificial grass? Okay, so if you want to dive into that, I was, was going to get there. Uh, according to the NFLPA, there is a it is 69% more likely for players to suffer injury on artificial turf versus grass. That's the statistics. I think most people who consume sports and most people who have played sports know that there's just a difference. Mm-hmm. between grass and field turf. Grass has a natural give to it. Now, obviously, there's 
certain standards, but I'm assuming if you're an NFL team with grass, you're going to be up to these standards. I'm not talking about you're going on and playing grass in the lot behind the alley where you and your friends used to play pickup games. I'm talking about like on a professionally manicured lawn, there's a give that you get when you hit the ground because it's dirt underneath, right? Mm -hmm. There's no concrete. There's nothing underneath except dirt and earth, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a 220-pound running back and you can run a 4-4 and you get to the edge and you have to plant real quick Mm – and you plant too hard, you put too much pressure, what's going to happen is that ground's just going to give way and you're going to fall. Right? That's, that's what happens on grass. You, it gives. You get tackled, you hit your shoulder into the ground, and there's a lot of pressure, it absorbs that impact. It gives, right? Okay. You'll make impressions in the grass. Artificial turf is concrete, like a layer, mm. and then the field turf with, like, cut-up rubber tires. Yeah that they put in there to simulate some of that give. The bad thing about it is, though, you can't simulate give. And so last night you see J.C. Horn just running, and all of a sudden, boom, foot's broken. Christian McCaffrey, same thing, tries to make a cut on the artificial turf. There's no you, – you can see it. There's almost like a vibration yeah. that you can see up the leg when people plant. Is He plants, and you just see that vibration go up the leg, boom, popped a hamstring. So if they know this, why do they keep it like that? Because it's cheaper. But they, it's a billion-dollar organization. The, the, okay, cancel. Now you're coming back around <laughs> to where I started this conversation. Here. Okay, okay. I, I and, just and had to get could, caught again, up. I know, I know this didn't happen. I think I, sh- I could have – I tweeted about this earlier. I could have worded it better. Uh, David Tepper bought the Carolina Panthers for $2.2 billion. They obviously didn't play in Carolina last night, but I just found it ironic that – uh, Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey and other Carolina Panthers players were saying filter sucks. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think Christian McCaffrey says it is what it is. But to me, whenever someone says it is what it is, means I don't like it, but there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Carolina switched from natural grass, which we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you can't grow grass yeah. in southeastern United States, what I don't know doing? what the hell you're doing. Yeah. But these guys. Were, they were like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. Like this, And Robbie Anderson straight up said, turf sucks, mm-hmm. which I agree with. Yeah. Obviously, they were playing in Houston. I just found it ironic that a team that just switched, and the reasoning behind David Tepper switching is because he wants to buy an NMLS expansion team and have them play at the same stadium. And, you, <sighs> and it's easier to maintain that if you have artificial turf. You can send as, much, as many players, as many games as you want to on artificial turf and you just have to refurbish it like every three years, grass takes more maintenance. And so the answer to your question is, Cam, money. Money is the reason why you install field turf at any level. Is so you don't have to pay the cost of maintaining the grass going forward. But, I mean, I, I have had an issue with this for a while. It came to a head in July. Miami Marlins, they installed field turf at their new park back in late 2019, early 2020. Mm-hmm. Where did Ronald Acuna tear his ACL? Of course. Wow. Miami. On the warning track in Miami. If you go back and watch that play, the warning track is just a different painted version of the field turf. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go back and watch that play, Ronald Acuna goes up, running back or sprinting back towards the wall, jumps, tries to make the catch, comes down, and plants on his right leg, where if it's grass, it there's that give. give. Okay. There's give. There's some absorption in there. Whereas he plants, like, again, Ronald Cooney is a pretty big dude. What, probably like 180? Yeah, somewhere around there. Like, yeah. Pretty big Got dude him. for his size, right? 
goes out there, jumps up, comes down, plants, and it just stops. His foot just stops on the ground, and you just see his knee take the full absorption of that impact. Boom, pops an ACL. And, and see, that's where I've been. I've been wondering, like, where are these ACL injuries and these leg injuries coming from? You know. And now, I mean, you explaining that makes it makes a lot of sense now because I was wondering, like, OBJ, ACL, McCaffrey gets hurt again last night, and it's kind of costing people their seasons now. Yeah. I mean, Pretty much. Cody Queen hopping in here saying, whoa, 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 I couldn't go grow grass. For those of you who don't know, Cody used to be on with us. <laughs> uh, he had a house down here in South Georgia before we moved down to beautiful Florida. Uh, Cody, your issue was you had way too many trees. You had all those pine trees around your house, man, and they're just covering up your front yard. Very so true. you always had debris in the yard, and your, your your yard just never got enough sunlight, man. Yeah. That's where your issue came sunlight, from. Sunlight, super important. If you get too many trees, I will say this, though, you need that balance. Of course. Because you yeah. can't have too much sunlight, especially down here in the non-rainy season, like late yeah. June through July. Right. If your yard just sits there and cooks, <clears throat> you need that good balance. Absolutely. But as, again. As with anything. But, I mean, PJ, I – I feel like some colleges, I get it, right? If you have one stadium where your football team plays, but so does your women's lacrosse team and your men's soccer team, like you have one stadium where everyone plays yeah, and it's just going to get chewed up. All right, I get it, yeah. right? And in college, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but men's soccer in college, they're not putting the same kind of force and impact as, again, 240-pound dudes who run 4-4s. Four yeah. And who, are, and who are flying yeah. through the air. It's still – incredibly violent right and you'll probably still see the injuries go up but that's just the question you have to put out there is like what am i willing do i want to save money on maintenance of my lawn or do i worry about my players injuries going up and it seems pretty clear anytime a professional sports team puts field turf in they're valuing saving money yeah yeah and it's it's sad to see but it's it's just the honest truth and it, it comes down to money and i think the same thing you, you know, the big, obviously, topic of this discussion is non-contact injuries and, and you talking about planting and things like that. I've always thought this from a concussions point of view as well, where you have high-flying guys, obviously wide receivers going up for catches, and sometimes they get their legs taken out from under yep. them. And listen, that impact is going to be hard no matter what when they come crashing on the ground. But when it's turf and it's basically hitting a, a cement floor, I mean, that, that's a totally different story from when it's, it's earth, when it's grass, and it has that give that you're talking about. So I, I, I'm right there with you and, and have been for a while, too. Um, I, I think anything, just, just say it out loud, right? Anything, you're like, yeah, we're going to play it on this patch of concrete and rubber, and it's, everything's going to be plastic, fine. Yeah. Like, that's just not true. <laughs> like, that's, that's not how this works. So now I'm, I'm right there with you, and, and as you said, it's, it's – uh, sad to see more and more people switching, more and more teams switching uh, to this well, I will to say save this. money. Uh, and it, be, it, it makes sense a little bit with, you know, as you said, with, with a ton of different teams. But if you got two teams playing on that thing, it, it, you should be able to manage it well, still pretty it's, well. In cities like Savannah, I can understand it too, like where there's not a whole lot of real estate, especially like if you're in the city of Savannah and you're a school there and you have, and you have like one field. Yeah. Or, uh, maybe, Everybody's yeah, like, playing on it, yeah. I, I, I get it, but I mean – MLB, it was almost eradicated because for a long time, you had AstroTurf in a lot of different buildings. Yeah, true. And it's, it was almost eradicated, but now it's come back. I think either four or five teams in Major League Baseball now have it. But, it's, again, if, if you have a open-air stadium or even a stadium that closes and opens up, mm -hmm. why would you ever have turf? 
if you're a professional sports team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Cam, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, injuries are a part of the game. Let's just put it like that. But they if there's, are but there, a, part but of if the there's game. a factor that no, that's what I was getting that to. magnifies it. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. It's a part of the game, but you also want to re- protect your players. So my thing is, if you got these guys playing millions, playing for millions and millions of dollars, putting their bodies on the line, at least protect them in a way where if they're falling on the on the ground, if they're jumping and landing on their legs, it's not turf where it's you know hurting their knees and destroying their knees. They're already getting hit hard enough. In baseball, they're already playing enough games throughout the season. Was it one sixty? One hundred sixty-two. Exactly. You got to take care of your players, man, if you're going to have them out there just, you know, playing all those games or taking big yeah. hits like that. And to PJ's point, it, the concussions and how fast those guys are moving, they are, you're remarkably faster on turf versus yeah. grass. Right. And, like, mm-hmm. Ben was talking about that to us earlier. It's just – he's like, yeah, you go play in the old St. Louis Stadium on that Astro turf, and he's like, you are flying. Mm. He's like, but when you hit the ground, it hurt. <laughs> and yeah. so, I mean, it's like you're already getting hit by 300-pound guys that are just mutants. Like, why are you making it hurt even more? I – I just think it's stupid. Again, if, I, I don't know that there are, but if there are any billionaire owners of professional sports teams out there, field turf sucks. You're lame if you put it in. True. And, I, I mean, I guess you're going to pay them either way, but, like, you're, you're spending millions of dollars on every every – I mean, to every player is, is an asset, right? You're spending million, millions of dollars to make your team good with each one of those players. Yep. Wouldn't you want to protect them? <laughs> you, know who, you know who's really cool? Really cool in my book? Arizona. You know why? Oh, yeah. They have a dome. Yep. But their whole entire field is on, like, basically on rollers. Mm-hmm. And they can roll their field out. It gets sunlight. It gets the sprinklers on it. And then when it's game time, it gets mowed. And then they bring that bad boy back in. Yeah. Hmm. I, it's incredible. And that's on it. That's like considered like an old stadium now. Right. Yeah. In the which, NFL, based off how quickly you're building everything, but again, if you put if you put AstroTurf in as a professional sports team, you're lame. Um, that's, that may that's, have cost Carolina this season too. That that's where I'm at. But it's like it's like they were playing in Houston. Yeah. To be fair, they were playing in Houston, but you just did the same thing. You you have an open air stadium, and you put turf in, because yeah. you want an MLS team. <laughs> an open air stadium in, in Char- again in Charlotte, North in Carolina. Charlotte, North like, Carolina. It's not like you're not getting rain. It's not like you're not getting sunlight. Correct. I mean, it, you're perfectly it's, fine. It's, it's so crazy. Me. Yeah. We got more to come. Uh, quick update here. The Braves are technically playing two games coming up this at, or tonight uh, at 8-10. You will have the Braves finishing up a suspended game from earlier in the season against the Padres. So they have two and a half innings left to play. The Braves are currently down a run. Uh, it doesn't matter about the lineups from them versus now. You can just pretty much put anybody in. You just play from that point. So the Braves will finish that one up tonight. And then 10-10 first pitch to start the series against the Padres coming up after that. If you're in Savannah, we'll have Benedict and Ware County for you starting at 7.30. You can watch the game on ESPNCoastal.com. PJ Zuko will be on the call of that. But if you're in Brunswick or Waycross, we'll have the Braves coming up for you tonight. We got more to come though. We got to dive into this college football weekend and then final segment we'll get our picks as Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in the Savannah area. 
to take care of all of your uniform needs. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery and PJ Zuko here on this Friday afternoon. We we're talking about it earlier. Georgia and Alabama, two games that both of these teams are heavily favored in. Georgia, a 35-point favorite uh, over Vanderbilt, and then Alabama playing host to Southern Miss. Again, two games that these teams should win handily. I do find it interesting some of the storylines coming in with these games. For Alabama, I think it, as crazy as it sounds, coming off of a win against Florida, it's got to kind of be disappointing and a difficult job for the coaches to, as much as Nick Saban talks about rat poison and y'all don't remember Georgia Southern and all of that, there's a different level of intensity going to the swamp to play Florida versus being at home and hosting Southern Miss. Yeah. Right? And so after what is still, I think, the most like much maligned win <laughs> over a top 11 team I've ever seen, a road win, yeah. a road win over yeah. a top 11 team, Alabama's been just catching hell in the media this past week, which is wild to me, but it's true. I, I got to feel like they, they went at Ole Miss this week. Yeah. Right? They're, they're ticked off. They want to get out there and improve something, but instead you have Southern Miss. Meanwhile, Ole Miss is sitting at home with a bye week, letting you kind of sit there and stew for a week while you have to deal with Southern Miss and then get ready for Matt Corral and them boys. Mm -hmm. I have to feel like Alabama right now is just kind of in a weird spot because the coaches are, are trying to get the players hyped up, trying to tighten some things up. They got run all over by Florida, but you don't really have a chance to really prove it yeah. against Southern Miss, and all of a sudden you start looking at Bama's first two games where you're like, oh, they proved something to you, and you're like, did they? <laughs> right. Because Wait a minute. Miami's bad. They just got run by Michigan State. Yeah. And then App State just – and App State took Miami to the brink, mm -hmm. right? And then you beat Mercer, but Mercer scored a couple of long touchdowns on you, and then you go into Florida, and you look real good for a quarter, and then – Florida smacks you around pretty much for the rest of the game. Yeah. So Hold I, on. I, to me, Alabama has to be just thinking about next Saturday, right? I'm not saying like I'm predicting an upset. No. I'm just thinking they got to be in a weird place. It's it's one of two things, right? Either either they're in that place, or I mean the the way you talked about it, the way you described it, man, they might be hearing exactly what you're hearing, and they might come out and put up 80. You know, I I think it's one of those weeks. It's kind of a a, a prove it to me week for sure, and. In an interesting way, but you could, but you to your point, you could be up forty to nothing at halftime, but then you're putting in, yeah, reserves, right, right, right? and so sure. you just you don't have that intensity notched up, yeah. And, and next week, I think is probably your toughest SEC based off what I've seen early. Next week is your toughest SEC West game, right? And you haven't really played four quarters yet. Florida forced you to, but you just had built such a lead by then that they had to miss, miss an extra point and mess up a two-point conversion, and you walk out of there. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I completely agree. And the weird thing is, normally I would say, like, this is, this is normally, like, the mark of a good team is, is how do you play, how do you respond to things, and also how do you play when there's nothing on the line? Uh, right. can, you, can you get past those types of weeks? But, I mean, that team that, that took on Georgia Southern and almost got beat and, and struggled with them a little bit, they went on to win the national championship, right? Well, I sure. Mean, so, like, I will say this. That Georgia Southern team is different than what Southern Miss. Southern Miss isn't coming in and running the flex bone. Oh, absolutely. Right, where yeah. it's just an offense that you never see. Southern Miss comes in. They do something like you see most teams do where they're going to go four wide. They're going to throw the football around. They're going to try to run it out of the shotgun. I mean, Alabama, if there's any Southern Miss fans listening right now, I'm sorry, but Alabama can pretty much roll the footballs out there 
throw on their helmets and win this game. Right. Like it's it, it's it's just one of those games, and I, I would say the same with Vanderbilt for Georgia. But I mean, Cam, I look at Alabama, I look at Georgia right now, and I think it's two relatively similar progress reports for them so far. Right. You've had mm. two games against completely overmatched teams. One of the games, you looked really good, i.e. Alabama-Miami for Georgia-Georgia-UAB, mm-hmm. right? You looked really good in those games. Then you had a game where you were clearly overmatching the other team, but you didn't play – you didn't finish the game. Miami Mer- or Alabama-Mercer, Georgia-South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Where you look really good, you don't finish the game. Then you have the game where you play somebody of your talent level – and it comes down to the wire. It comes down to the last possession. And Florida for Alabama, Clemson for Georgia. And so, like, I, I don't know that we know what we think we know. There's a lot of no's. <laughs> I mean, there. yeah. I'm not – I'll put a sure there. I'm not sure that we know what we think we know there you go. about both of these teams. Oof. And so now you have just have another week where you're not going to know what you think you know you know about these teams. <laughs> I will put it like this. I'm a little upset. Um, I am a little upset because this is probably the best thing that could happen for Alabama. And I say this because you you get the ball ran on you early in the year. Then the press is talking about you. And you know what happens when everybody starts talking junk about Bama. They go out there and dominate the rest of the season. I wish everybody would just kept quiet. Because, <laughs> I mean, now you've made Nick Saban mad. And it's fine. Southern Miss, they'll take your little anger out. But I could guarantee you they will be ready for Ole Miss just because of what happened last year. That was a scare. I think people do not forget that, do not remember that. Um, that was a scare last year. Um, Ole Miss is coming home to Alabama. It's I like Ole Miss, but it's going to get ugly. But it, I mean, it is. but to me, I I don't know that that's true. I think Ole Miss is the second best team in the SEC West by <laughs> a wide margin. They're actually playing defense now, and it's not Georgia or Clemson defense. It's situational, create negative plays, get some turnovers, and get the ball back to this offense that's playing like a basketball team right now. Yeah. yeah. Right? Again, I don't know that we can say this enough. Matt Corral against an FBS opponent had seven touchdowns in three quarters yeah. last week. This what, is a Tulane team that took Oklahoma to the edge. Mm-hmm. Was in, like Had the football with a chance to win the game late in that game, and Ole Miss ran them off the field. I don't think – I think Nick Saban's sitting there thinking, I wanted to play that Ole Miss game this week. I'm just yeah. nervous, man. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I know how Nick Saban is when, you know, no, his well, that's, back that's, is against that's the exactly, wall, That's not exactly what I'm saying is think about what the practices have been like this week. Oh, they've been – it's been rough. Correct. Yeah, and it's like been now, rough. But you're ramping all that up during practices week to play Southern Miss. Right. But Versus th- imagine that intensity and you're going True. in after everyone's crapping on your defense to play Ole Miss. If How it's one guy that can get the troops ready, are? though, yeah. it's Nick, though. Well, as I say, I'm not worried about him playing Southern Miss. I'm worried about him playing oh, Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah. Whereas, again, you had the intensity in practice this week to ramp up for Southern Miss. I guarantee you, you ask Nick Saban, who would you rather be playing this week, Southern Miss or Ole Miss? He want to play Ole Miss. Because yeah. those guys, yeah. those players have been hearing about it. They've been hearing about it from Nick Saban, but they've been hearing about it in the media too. Should Alabama really be number one when they've won 20, what, one games in a row now? Should they Should they yeah. really be number one? I mean, they, they only beat number 11 Florida by two in the swamp. Yeah. I mean, that defense, it. Like, it looks pretty rough. Those guys, I feel bad for Southern Miss. I'd be scared. Because that defense is going to want to annihilate some people. Yeah, oh, I'd yeah. be scared. They're gonna want to, yeah. They're gonna want to mess I mean, up. It feels like Alabama lost. 
Right. Yeah. yeah which is weird. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that's not what we've been saying on this show, but like you said, just in the general, you know, media has just been like, oh, they barely won in flow. Like, that's that's crazy. But, no, I'm with you it, because we've all been in those practices, though, too, where, well, not in Alabama practice, but we've all been in those practices, though, too. But you talk about that, that intensity ramping up to something, and you want it to be like the ramp up to the pinnacle of what you do. But let's be honest. That game on Saturday might not be as intense, uh, even as the practices it's, it's have been throughout the week. It's almost impossible to do it. Yeah. It's almost impossible to do it. And you ask any coach, if you ask them in the like, on the air, you ask a coach, like, hey, any team can beat you any week. You, you ask them off the air in private conversations about playing some of these games, and they, they, they'll say it, it is difficult because everybody has access and can go watch the other teams. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who, but, I mean, like, uh, in the past, we've spoken to former players where the players come on and they'll say, hey, not really a great opponent this week for your team, the team you used to play for, but, like, oh, no, you know, you got to go out there, you got to get preparation, and then you get off the phone with them, and they're like, that team sucks. That yeah. team's bad. Right. Yeah. Like, they're like they did, we're going we're gonna to run them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you talk to the coaches about that, and they're like, we're not really going to learn anything about ourselves. We're going to go out there, we're going to run our plays, we're going to score because we're better, and we're probably going to be sluggish, we're going to make some mistakes, and we're going to – the difference is you go up 21-3 to against Florida – and you don't keep that razor's edge that you yeah. had, yeah. then Florida's going to come back. You do that same thing against Southern Miss, you're going to win that game 60-3. to Conversely, if you do that against Ole Miss in a week. Correct. Woo! If you don't keep your foot on the gas against Ole Miss, yeah. you're going to be down 15, and you're not going to know what to do. Exactly. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. And, again, for Georgia, I think the situation is interesting because, again, you're going to play Vanderbilt on the road. It's going to be a party weekend for a lot of Georgia fans. you got Sanford North going on up there in Nashville. I guarantee you it's going to be more red and black in there than gold and black. And so it's 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 going to feel like a home game. And it's going to – to me, and I think the Stetson-Bennett thing had a lot to do with this too, the South Carolina game almost felt like a scrimmage. Yeah. Right? It kind of <laughs> felt like G-Day where yeah. it was just like, all right, we're trying this on offense and now we're trying this. And like the sub packages – I don't and know if you guys noticed this, about. but in that South Carolina game, the sub packages were so much different than what we saw in the Clemson game. Yeah. Right? And then you have Stetson Bennett coming in on the third drive mm-hmm. after your first team. It's, all right, first team scored two in the scrimmage. All right, let's go ahead and run the backup in there. Yeah. All right, you threw an interception. All right, let's throw the other guy back in there. Uh, and then we'll put him back in there for most of the third and fourth quarter, uh, and we'll get out of here. It's like it, you just knew – they knew they were better. I'm yeah. worried, though. Right? They, they, I, you're worried about Vanderbilt? No, no. I'm not – what I'm worried about is the teams after Vanderbilt. I'm worried about Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, because we have not established a run game yet. I, I no. just – we don't have a number one. I mean, we're Georgia with DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, no Sean Marino. We can go back, whatever. But what I'm saying is we haven't established a run game yet this year. Not one 100-yard rusher this year. Uh, we, we just haven't established uh, it yet. I'll say that has a lot to do with just how many running backs you're playing. That, that's but, yeah. true, but we still – it just doesn't look good. And yeah. I'm worried about that. You have to be able to run the ball to win the national well, it's just, championship. It's, again, it's just the big plays against UAB and against South Carolina, yeah. you never really had to have the long, sustained drives. And if you listen to Kirby Smart, he was almost more excited about the last drive of the half mm-hmm. where they kicked a field goal because that was a pressure situation. Mm-hmm. None of the other drives were pressure situations, right? It was just that was like, all right, hey, we got a minute, we got to go, we got to get some yards, and we're going to kick a field goal. That was a pressure situation. And it felt like, hey, we're going to do this now for when we have to do it in a big game. Yeah. If there is a back, I would rely on a big game. I said it last year when he was a freshman, Kendall Milton. He's been, he just he's looks been, like a dude. He's averaging like five yards a carry, but he's also – you'll see him. He'll miss some blocks and yeah. pass pro, and he'll miss some open holes. I think Samir White's probably been the 
best, best ball yeah. carrier mm-hmm. this year. And it makes sense. I mean, dude's a former five-star and is coming back for his senior year. But James Cook's look like the most explosive. But Kendall Milton, he'll, yeah, he'll, uh, he messed up a couple dudes in the Clemson game. They're just like – they yeah. had to kind of limp off after they tackle him. So, yeah, he's a, he's a load <laughs> coming through there. But, I mean, Georgia, again, you have a noon kick against Vanderbilt on the road. And then next week you have to come home and it's another noon kick – against Arkansas, a team that gave you everything you wanted last year. Yeah. Remember, Stetson yeah. Bennett had to come in and save the day up at Arkansas. Yeah. They gave you everything you wanted. Now they're coming back. They're going to be coming off of a Texas A&M game. Can you imagine if Arkansas beats Texas A&M? Yeah. It's going to be insane. Yeah. It, it that's, is that's going to be, be wild, all that momentum. huge football game. Yeah. Or, flip side of that, imagine Arkansas loses a, t- a tight one to Texas A&M. That, and then and their season's on the line. Correct. Yeah. And now they're coming in, and it's noon, and you're Georgia, and you're the number two team in the country, and you got the best defensive Those line games that God has ever blessed a, a defense with. And you got all this going. You got JT Daniels, his obliques, fine. Dominic Blaylock's bag. Arkansas's coming in, but Texas A&M just beat them, and Texas A&M doesn't have an offense. I mean, so, yeah, we're – listen, Arkansas's coming in. It'll be fine. Noon kick, Athens – Nothing's ever bad to happen then, right? <laughs> Never really – no bad memories of noon kicks in Athens. <laughs> right, no. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, perilous situations. I, I, I'll say this. I wouldn't be overly shocked if two weeks from now we're sitting here and talking about, yeah, I mean, that was wild what Ole Miss did to Alabama. Or, man, yeah, I mean, Georgia should have seen it coming with Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That does not seem as abstract as it did to start the season. No. I say Georgia with Arkansas then. I, I just think Bama is going to give Ole Miss a lot. I, I don't think you realize how good Matt Corral is. No, no. I know how good and he is. And Lane Kiffin. I know how good he Lane is. Lane Kiffin scheming it up against Pete Golding. I know who I'm taking in that situation. Right. So, I mean, there's that's going to be fun. we got to take a break, though, so we can come back and get these picks in. We'll dive into that next right here on Second Down. picks so far this season have been anything but legendary. As Cam brings us back with some John Legend there. Been, I don't know what my picks look like. Been, been rough. Well, I mean, Cam is very much a uh, I'll get my picks in when I get them in kind of a person. I, I, I forgot that day. I think, it's I, that, I, think, I think it's that 1 p.m. wake up time. Oh yeah. That Cam's got going on on Saturdays. Christian Gokel, Cam Urshery, PJ Zuko wrapping up second down with you here on a Friday afternoon. Three and out coming up next. We'll be joined by Mike Griffith from Dog Nation, uh, as well as one I'm really excited about, Fred Gibson, former Georgia wide receiver, Ware County Gator. Going to be joining us coming up a little bit later on at 3 and out. But guys, got to run through our picks here, again, against the spread every week. Okay. Start off, we go through these kind of in the, the time zones. Start with our noon kicks. Number two, Georgia. They're 35-point favorites on the road at Vanderbilt. Again, last week they were 32.5-point favorites at home versus South Carolina and did not cover. I'm rolling with Georgia again. All right. Give me the 35. I yeah. don't care. Same. Vanderbilt is – I mean, yeah. they're going to win, but do you think they're going to cover 35? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I think they should. I mean, I'm going with Georgia too, but <laughs> – Like 45 to 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can see something like that. Well, forty-five to three. So I mean, dang it, man, forty-five to nine. What? Forty-five three. Why do I have to start? What, this? what I know is going to happen is Georgia is going to go up 
35 to nothing. And then you put the backups in, and Vanderbilt's going to score a couple long touchdowns, and they're going to cover. It's going to be like 33 points. We're all going to be upset. So there we go. Uh, we got a neutral site game. We all know how I feel about those. Number 12, Notre Dame versus number 18, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, six-and-a-half-point favorites. This one being played at Soldier Field. Uh, you have Jack Cohn going up against his former team there in Wisconsin. P.J. has a pained look on his face. Yeah, it's pain because I feel like – I mean, I don't know. That that's just. I mean, Vegas is doing their job, right? That they're putting you in a position where you you don't really want to pick what they give you. Um, I will take Notre Dame to cover, though, not to win. Um, I think Notre Dame's one of these teams that are just going to play close games all year, and Wisconsin's not going to beat anybody by fifty points, you know, or yep. you know, by or even a touchdown. Yeah, probably not. So, give me, uh, give me, give me Notre Dame covering. This is really weird. Uh, I want Wisconsin though. I just don't believe in Notre Dame, but this is a weird one right here. Well, Wisconsin can still win. Six and a half points is a lot for me, especially at a neutral yeah. site. I'll take Notre Dame with the six and a half. LSU, they are two and a half point road favorites at Mississippi State. Oh, man, this one is. Mississippi State should be undefeated right now with the yeah. refs. Man, this, yeah, this is Well, I don't know. <laughs> I've wanted to talk to you about that all week. We, we can cut, talk that off the show. Um I'll go with Mississippi State. I, oh, I don't yeah. feel comfortable LSU with LSU, LSU right now. looking for though, from last year where – Mississippi State set all kinds of records against that historically bad LSU defense. And that's the problem, right, is Mississippi State can show up like that or they can show up and lay an egg, but I'll, I'll go with Mississippi State. I'll go with LSU because of what you just said. Last year, they got embarrassed that first game of the season. Um, I'll go LSU. I'm going to go Mississippi State. You're at home. I think this team's good. Again, they should be undefeated if the referees would have just stopped the play or reviewed it for one of two infractions they could have reviewed it for. But uh, – Beyond that, I just think Mississippi State's a better team right now. All right, Missouri on the road. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites at Boston College, a matchup we all see a ton. Yeah, no, not, not at all. And, and this is another one of those teams that, like, who, who knows how they're going to show up. Uh, you did mention, though, earlier in the week, a big injury there for, for Boston College. Philip Dracovich is uh, out. Give me, uh, give me Missouri in this one. Yeah, give me those tires. Yeah. Uh, tigers. I said I'll, tires. I'll rock. I'll rock. <laughs> I'll, I'll rock with a team that has their starting quarterback. I think Connor Basilek's good. I'll go with Missouri in that one. All right, moving to that three thirty slot. Number seven, Texas A and M. They are four and a half point favorites against Arkansas. This one is at Jerry World. Who should be at Arkansas? I just don't believe in Texas A and M's uh, offense enough. I will take Arkansas. I'll take them to win. Hey, why not? I'll take them to win either way. Um, I'll take Arkansas, and uh, I just—it's it, going to be a close game either way. You know how I feel about Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is winning this game. Cam saying pick yeah. suey. Texas A&M uh, is just not yeah, that I'm, good. I'm going to rock with Arkansas because of the four and a half points there. Can I see Texas A&M winning by three? Yeah, but exactly. still, you get the yeah. Arkansas cover. So yeah, I'll, I'll rock with Sam Pittman and the boys. All right, number nine, Clemson. They are ten point favorites on the road at NC State. NC State has been an enigma. Yeah. They, you just don't know what you're going to get out of the Wolfpack. They have a good team, but then they go and just get housed by Mississippi State. Yeah, Clemson, on the other hand, you think they have a good team. They have mm-hmm. an elite defense. I don't think they've given up a touchdown yet on defense. But, again, you went down to the wire with Georgia Tech last week. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? Uh, we're so used to Clemson being this team that's going to win these games by 40 over the past five or six years. I think Clemson this year is like – they're the embodiment of the ACC. You just have no idea what you're going to get every single week. Uh, God, give me, uh, give me Clemson though. 
Give me Clemson. Like you said, NC State's the same way. And, you know, I, I uh, give me Clemson. I don't like it. Yeah. Hey, give me Clemson. Uh, no hesitation on there. They had a little rain delay um, when they played Georgia Tech. May have knocked things off. But Cam, I don't care if you have back. a rain delay, hurricane <laughs> delay, uh, Ragnarok, apocalypse. You're Clemson and you're playing Georgia Tech. You should be the hell about, out of them. About 10 years ago, we didn't say that. Okay, well, that's a decade ago, Cam, and, and this, <laughs> this is 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Clemson just because I don't know about NC State. But, I mean, don't be surprised if you start getting the tweets coming through your feed at about 7 o'clock that's saying, yo, turn on Clemson, uh, NC State. It's just it's, It could be one of those games. All right. Florida State looking to avoid dropping to 0-4 to start the season. I think the, a great stat here is Willie Taggart in his tenure at Florida State was nine and I think twenty one, mm. and Mike Norvell would need to go six and three to match that mark. <laughs> Wild. Um, who they who they sorry who they got? Oh, Louisville one and a half point favorites on the road at Florida State. Oh man, um, give me Louisville. I, I I can't believe I'm saying that because it's just like in your head it's Florida State in the first couple games of the year where we're at least close, but then they just get dominated by Wake Forest. Domin- that's a sentence that, that that's a real like yeah. sentence factual. Yeah, Willie, you got Willie Taggart dominated by Wake Forest. So, uh, yeah, give me give me Louisville. Yeah, Willie Taggart nine and twelve in his tenure at Florida State. Yeah. Mike Norvell has to go six and three to match that. They fired Willie Taggart Crazy. for that start. Mm-hmm. Mike Norvell has to go six and three just to equal that. Yeah. Florida State's upset me. A lot. I think they've upset a lot of people. Yeah, they've upset. That's not me. in actual games. They just upset it's, their fans. It's, it's right. ridiculous. <laughs> I thought he was calling for the upset. I there. definitely go. No, I will go with Louisville. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Louisville, go Louisville on the road too. Florida State's just bad. Uh, all right, this is a bigger one that I think a lot of people are giving it credit for. Tennessee at number eleven, Florida. Florida's a nineteen-point favorite in the swamp. Mm. Hmm. Man, I I don't know this. Nah. This game always seems to be interesting. I'll, I'll take Tennessee. I. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I agree with that. Love it, but I'll, I'll take Tennessee. Close, man. Uh, yeah, I'll go Tennessee. Nah, that's not happening. I'm gonna rock with the Volunteers here too, and I think a lot of people are looking at that pit loss and saying, "God, you got to guys got to hold on to that win." Joe Milton missed like seven wide open touchdowns in that game that they had schemed open, and he just overthrew him. It was unbelievable yeah. to watch. Uh, and now they have Hand uh, and Hooker the former Virginia Tech Hokies there, and he seems like he's fitting really well in his offense. He can do more stuff with his legs uh, than Joe Milton can. I don't think they win this game, but I think they keep it closer than 19 For sure. in this yeah. game. So, yeah, I'll, I'll rock with Tennessee on that one. All right, this one, another pretty big line for me. West Virginia at number four, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 17-point favorite at home. I will say this. West Virginia. This is my Lee Coastal action for you. West Virginia, 0-25. On the road against top five teams in their history, sweetheart. Yeah, and and I don't know. That would make sense. This game is always, again, this is, this is a game that's always a little bit closer, and I think West Virginia's found its stride a little bit offensively, uh, putting up points against a solid Virginia Tech defense. So, man, I'm going with a lot of, oh, man. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like when I do that. I don't like when I do that, but I'm, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Maybe this is how I break the, break the cycle. Uh, I'll go with West Virginia cover Oklahoma's playing everybody close to like Nebraska well, but this is the this is the way they break this is the way they break out right <laughs> you go you go come on Cam oh you are no, a Rattler fan right? come on Cam you go I uh, think West Virginia keeps it closer than 17 
Yeah. I could see 35, 24, yeah. something yeah. in that range. But Oklahoma's offense has not been great. We anointed Spencer Rattler as a number one overall pick, and he has struggled mightily mm-hmm. to start this season. I think Trey Sermon carried this team a lot further than a lot of people thought last year. So, Or not Trey Sermon. Um, he was playing for Ohio State. What's the other running back? I'm completely flipping. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, mis- I'm mixing up my Oklahoma running backs. I will say, though, Trey Sermon you was – just nodded at me when I said Trey Sermon. Well, because he was severely underappreciated at Oklahoma and even what he did at that's Ohio State. That's why he State. went that's to a, Ohio that's State. That's a solid running back, dude. Okay. You know what? Oklahoma plays K-State next week. <laughs> tough game. This is the toughest one. To, uh, you know what? Give me West Virginia. Stevenson, Ooh. excuse me, Stevenson. Ramonde Stevenson, six and a half yards of carry last year there you go. for Oklahoma. Uh, so you're going with who? The Mountaineers. Join us, Cam. Join hey, us on, on the mountain, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I, This is a tough one, Dale. Is it? Because Oklahoma could blow lot, the doors though. off of them. You know how Big 12 I don't know, is man. so weird. I don't know, man, because West Virginia, they'll, they'll score some points. Yeah, Big 12 is so weird, though. One week you, you barely win, and next week you win freaking I do love that Nebraska – like forced Oklahoma to play Big Ten football. <laughs> yeah. That was so damn funny last yeah. week. Like, that, no matter what the result of that game was gonna, it was just gonna be funny. Uh, all right, final game here. Number twenty-one, North Carolina, twelve and a half points at Georgia Tech. Twelve and a half. Yes, sir. Against mm. a team that almost took down mighty Clemson. Uh, still, yeah, no, I, I think that was a, a bit of a fluke and a, a little bit more of Clemson. Um, than Georgia Tech, so. Oh yeah, hey North Carolina, they're gonna score. I don't like that we're agreeing on all this stuff this much. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is very frustrating. I was gonna go Oklahoma, but it's. I'm gonna stick with. It. I'm gonna go North Carolina. I I think they got their offense figured out. They're scoring points. Georgia Tech, I like Yates. I don't know that they're staying within two touchdowns in North Carolina. I'll take the Tar Heels. We gotta go to a break. We'll come back. Final segment next. Mm-hmm. Three and out. The guys will be joined by Mike Griffith from Dog Nation, get you ready for some college football coming up this weekend. Also be joined by Fred Gibson, former Georgia wide receiver, and Sean Silva, uh, director of SEC Storied, coming up this weekend as well. All that coming up next right here on ESP. 